We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the True Faith Podcast. I'm Alex Hurst, joined on the line by Andrew Bollins. Here to talk to you lucky people about Newcastle United versus Cardiff on the day that is known as Bollins. You are, you just cut, cut out for a second. <laughs> <laughs> well, that went well. The day that is known as, what's Saturday going to be known as? Legends Day. Legends Day, get in. Get to the ground half an hour early. Um, me and the other Gallagher Flags lads, who include everyone who does the podcast and plenty of other very good, enthusiastic people. Um, we've got 12 and of the... Mickey. Not Mickey. And Mickey. And Mickey, yeah, podcast lads and Mickey. Rest in peace. Um, uh, uh, yeah, we've got 12 like massive flags um, of 12 legends. Uh, you can, if you, if you really, 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 really want to, you can get on Twitter, at Gallagher Flags, and tweet us, why doesn't Shola, um, Cordoni, um, Marcelino, um, like basically insert shit name player here, have a flag. It's not like that joke's been done to death like continuously for the past two months, but but crack on. Um, I've given you good reasons why Shola should have a flag. No, you haven't. He's not a legend. Let's not do this. <laughs> No, go on then, let's do it. Why should Shola have a flag for Legends Day? Well, isn't he? He's the third top Premier League scorer of all time. Highest scoring black player, I might add. Uh, second top, <laughs> Did second you just top. say highest scoring black player? <laughs> yeah. Because ra- racial categorisation is definitely something that we need to go down, isn't it? Well, uh, I don't think there's any on the flags, is there? He's not going to put it on his CV, is he? <laughs> highest <laughs> he scoring black player. Olivia Bernard's probably interested in it. Probably, but how uh, I I kind of believe. Uh, second, second top highest European scorer. I'm hearing a lot of second, second and thirds here, Bolland. Well, because Shearer's got first, hasn't he? Yeah, hence the flag. Beardsley's got a flag. He scored more goals than Beardsley. Yeah, but Beardsley was a world class player who played for England and who who came back to the club and um is. Has, he, know, scored a, has he scored at the new camp though? No, he hasn't. But he he, he scored. He's like well, put, you know put put the club on the map and as a as a. Bona fide club legend. He's he's been at the club a number of years, Bolland. But uh, well, Shola had been there about twelve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Shola, right? Are you well, telling me that people don't people all over the country don't know who Shola is? Oh, every, everyone knows who he is. He's just listen. I'm not saying he's not a legend. He's just not made it into the top twelve. I think that's perfectly reasonable. <laughs> could have been thirteen. <laughs> could have been. Uh, couldn't because we don't he have any. Been he, a, he could have been in lucky thirteen. That would have been perfect. <laughs> 
right. Um, I don't know how people would have known he was number 13, but anyway, um, we couldn't have got him a flag because we don't have any money left. So that would have scuppered that one. Anyway, <laughs> so Legends Day at St James's Park. If you come and come down early, um, build the atmosphere. There's a full flag display behind the Gallagher end. We're just leaving the flags anywhere. Hopefully, no one next them, um, like we did at Huddersfield. Um, just, so if you get to the ground and there's not a flag under your seat, but there's one under someone else who hasn't got there, just grab it. They've not been left under any specific seats for, for anyone. We're going to try and leave them near where people requested them, but we just don't have the manpower or the time to to do that crippling five-hour job we did before the Huddersfield game. And even if we did, it's a hell of a lot colder than it was in early August when we did that. So we'll be at St James's tomorrow night uh, doing that. That's such a poor excuse. A hell of a lot colder. Just put a jacket on. Are you coming tomorrow night, Bollins? Are you coming tomorrow night to put up the flags? If, if, I'm, if I'm done, I'm no, here. No, I'm you're not. The There's no chance you're coming. So it's, it's easy, isn't it, from the from the, the safety of your car or your Liverpool hotel? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a it was a brutal drive last week actually um, back from Preston. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right, that's Legends Day. Please, everyone, listen and get involved if you go to the match. Get there early, sing, just generally be positive. That's the whole idea. Newcastle take on Cardiff, Poland. Cardiff, fifteen points from fifteen games. Did do you know why why people call Neil Warnock Colin? Colin. Yeah. Did you not know that? No. I've always heard like people on Twitter and. You know, in the media, put like Neil, um, you know, Colin in quotation marks Warnock. So people call him Colin Warnock, or just or just Colin. Um, they call him Colin because some Sheffield Wednesday fans, when he was manager of Sheffield United, realised that Neil Warnock is an anagram of Colin Wanker. <laughs> so the name Colin stuck. <laughs> And I've just realised this has got to go on the radio, so I'm going to have to beep that out for Radio Tyneside. <laughs> what a mess. Five minutes in. We'll cut this. Um, anyway, but Neil Warnock comes to town and he's had a good a good little uh, run of fixtures with two draws and a win before losing the managerless Wigan at home. How do you see this game going at the weekend? Probably be very similar to last time uh, Cardiff came to visit us in the Championship. <laughs> we'll beat them 5-1. 5-5. Five, five, yeah, but maybe... Maybe I'm being generous by offering them that goal. I think 5-0. I, I think this will, will be dead, dead easy. Um, we didn't play great last time out at Preston, but I just have a feeling back at home, we're just going to turn these lads over. They're not very good. Um, yeah, it's just, they don't have much of a chance, to be honest. I'm not, I'm not giving them any hope. Uh, I don't know, it's Dwight, Dwight Gale back. Well, he's supposed to be back in. Well, he is back in training, so I've seen the photographs. But um, yes, he is. But I think, considering he had a hamstring problem and he, he won't have a game for fifteen days, I think it's unlikely he'll, he'll get risked from the start. Mm, I fancied him against uh, against Cardiff, but Mitchell will do the job. Um, yeah, dead easy. Three points, five goals, no concerns. Three points, five oh, yeah. goals, no concerns, eh? Yeah, not one, not one at all. Okay, but well, rubbish, aren't they? Just because we've got Neil Warnock doesn't make them any better than that. Like fifteen points from fifteen games is very good. No, it's not. And um, I made this point to a, a Cardiff fan who asked me to write some stuff earlier. Like he was like, a lot of Cardiff fans are saying, or, you know, thinking that playoffs is is likely now under Warnock. And I'm like, well, you normally need seventy five points to get in the playoffs. 
and you've got 15 with like 30 games to go so you need another like what's that it's like another 60 points so 60 points in 30 games is 2 points a game which as people who read my stuff and listen to me regularly know that's what gets you automatic promotion so to get playoffs now Cardiff have to show the form of an automatic promotion team and I can't say it personally what's that beating based on though like where did the last year they were in the playoffs last year were they I, they were rubbish yeah, last let's year. not embarrass ourselves by guessing and pretending we're no because we don't. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess they were rubbish last year. I don't think they were that rubbish. I think we're just outside playoffs. But like I said, we don't really know, do we? Uh, that's rubbish. Because as we're showing, what's good? That's rubbish. Um, but we can talk about. We've got a Cardiff fan coming on later, so um, we'll talk a little bit more about them. Then, if we go back to Newcastle, um, it's it's a funny one, isn't it? Because well, R- Richie's definitely out, suspended. Callback might yeah. come back in, but he's also one away from a suspension. Though it, you know, it tends to be, though he's the win machine, isn't he? Every game that he starts will win. And, yeah. um, and you know, like so. I mean, who do you think it's a straight swap? Do you think Callback will come back in for Hayden and Atsu for Richie? Well, I think Atsu for Richie is definitely going to happen. It's such a shame that Richie's got himself suspended because I know some of those yellow cards are just stupid stuff like shouting at linesmen yeah really stupid such such a shame because he's so good but um, <laughs> Atsu will definitely come in for him and then I'd like to see Colback come in I think he's a better player than Hayden I think we'll look better when he's in the side I think he complements Shelby much better um, it does not take anything away from Hayden Hayden can do a job I just I just prefer that combination of Colback and Shelby Um you know, he gets about the pitch well. He needs to work on his tackling, obviously, as you said, with his four yellow cards or whatever he's got so far. But, yeah, um, yeah I'd like to see him come, him come in. Same, I've put my match preview for True Faith that I have a feeling he might play Anita. Um, I hope he doesn't, but he might, because, obviously, Artsu doesn't have the defensive nous and, you know, that just, just experience of playing in a partnership defensively. Um, as Matt Ritchie does which he does pretty well he switches off sometimes but he knows where to stand and when to track and leave players and stuff do you think there's a chance he'll bring Vernon in because he hasn't played him in a few games and he does like him yeah he's one of his favourites isn't he I wouldn't be surprised to see him come back in um, but as well that would be a shame because Yedlin's done really well um, he's got quite a few assists for us and he's an attacking threat but oh, I definitely think he's first he choice I, d- I definitely think Yedlin's got the has got the nod it's just um, you might switch. Um, you might switch Gufran over to the right. Nah, you reckon? No, do you not reckon? I've just, I just well, he's, he's just never done it yet, has he? So Gufran will give him a bit more protection, and then you can leave Vatsu with Paul, who's not going to get forwards. So <laughs> that solves the problem. Like I'll, I'll just tell you, Bollins, the line of thinking here has been <laughs> to be more defensively sound. Putting Christian Atsu in front of Paul Dummett shows nothing up. <laughs> like, if, if anything, it probably takes away from Atsu's ability to perform because because at least Anita would offer some support going forwards. Um, but that's why Rafa's paid the mega bucks and we're not. So we'll see. Well, I'm just speculating, you know. I, I, I speculated in, in the match preview that he, he might do something mental and play like Yedlin in front of um, Anita, but unlikely. unlikely. Here's one for you. What about if he play? I think because we've seen he's been thinking about playing Lazar, Chronicle had a piece about Lazar maybe getting in. So he might hire Anita in and then hire Lazar on the left. I think. There you go, there's some speculation for you. There's some speculation. I think Blackburn <laughs> at home. Blackburn at home is the one because 
We've got so we've got we've got these. We've got Cardiff. Then we've got Leeds, which is a hard game. Um, you take a, I'd take a point now at Leeds away. No, I wouldn't. We'll beat them. But uh, um, and then we've got Blackburn and Hull in the space of three days, and then and then Forest on the Friday night. So I have a feeling if we win these next two games, I have a, and, and not that I, you wouldn't disrespect Blackburn, but I think with Hull coming up and that being the, I think the main game that week. You know, in this well, less than seven days and six days, we've got Blackburn at home, Hull away, Forest away on the Friday night. I think Hull away will be the big one there, and I think he might bring in Lazar for the Blackburn game and rest a couple for that game. In you know, ready for the two games in three days. Um, yeah, but we'll see. Mitrovic is is most likely going to start. I'm sure that will make you very happy. Well, I've just been saying I wouldn't mind a seat in the Gale. Very fickle on the likes of it, Bruce Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good for him to play. Um, obviously, hit bike. Can we just say the, the reaction to him scoring against Preston was one of the most over-top, over-the-top celebrations I've ever seen. <laughs> I, I think if people had just watched that, like the Preston fans must have, for a brief second, thought it was like the World Cup final because Newcastle fans were piling down like <laughs> over the top of seats of each other like in front of us there was at least two or three rows that were just cleared whilst that they, never, like, after his goal. they never came back did they the rows in front of us <laughs> celebrated the goal and never came <laughs> back just, just tumbled down to the front yeah, it's, it's um, good though like I mean I, you know it's much better to over celebrate than, than under celebrate if, if well I could say if there's such a thing as under celebrating but if you saw the reaction of Man City fans against Barcelona this week it was almost like there was there was a sub being made <laughs> rather than the scored against one of the best teams in the world. Um, They're just the worst, though, aren't they? Yeah. The worst. But, um, yeah, well, he's got another opportunity. If he scores again, happy days. Um, he, needs to, he needs to watch himself. I think getting himself booked at the end of the Preston game was silly, but uh, he can't complain if he keeps scoring goals, I guess. Yeah, that's the thing, and, and maybe this is a good game for it. I mean, I've said, I've said regularly in the podcast that the, the template of, of beating Newcastle is that you play a high line, you squeeze us in the, in, the, in the middle third of the pitch, you let our centre-backs have the ball, close off all the options, make them play long to Dwight Gale, and then pit us on the counter-attack. It's risky because Preston tried to do that in the Cup. Um, that exa- they tried to do that exact thing, which we talked about before that match in the Cup. Um, and obviously, I know it was a red card, but we're, we're going to get done heavily regardless um, what if you concede the first goal, you've got problems, and then Brentford, and, um, Ipswich kind of just came and just like let we let we win <laughs> in second gear. So how Warnick? We'll probably find out later on after Cardiff and what um, how Warnick would play things. So so we'll see on that front. Um, and obviously it's it comes Bolland before the two week international break. It's, it doesn't seem that long ago since me and you were sat in Tesco's Rotherham. <laughs> Before the last international break, it's come around quick, hasn't it? Uh, do you think it's it's coming a good time or or, or not? Uh, yeah, I think it probably has. We've had a good run, but after the international breaks, when we get this ridiculous sort of festive period where there's loads and loads of games, so it'd be good for them to get a bit of a rest. I think and well, well deserved one at last. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think. I think it's a good time for us. I don't think it's going to ruin any momentum we've got. I think we're beyond worrying about, you know, oh, we've had a few good results, but now we've got the international break, and is that going to disrupt anything? Like, we're so good, it doesn't really matter. It'd be good for them to get a rest. Hi. Um, you know, and then leads away after the international breaks. So can he 
uh, reintroduction, isn't it? But then, then Blackburn should be a very comfortable home win, uh, you'd think. And they're like, you know, we've got Cardiff, Blackburn, and Forest in the next four, four, three of the next four league games. That that's like they're all in the bottom six. <laughs> um, so you know, you've got to be thinking there's points to be had there. There's a reason those teams are in the bottom six, and there's a reason we're clear at the top of the league. Um, before I bring in our Cardiff fan, I just want to have a little dig at Alex Neil. Um, just think, there's there's a rumor that he's for the chop. Like this is the worst time for managers. The November um, international break is a mare for for, for managers um, because teams have had ten to fifteen games depending on the division you're in. <laughs> so there's a clear channel um, of where things are going, and it's the last chance really for a club to bring in a manager before the January transfer window without too much disruption. You bring in a manager straight away, and he's got you know time to work with the players. Blah blah blah. And anyway, the patter on the on the radio this week has been Alex Neil. If he loses at home to Leeds on Saturday, and Leeds are in fine form, um, he could be sacked. Now, I don't have a, an opinion of Norwich really, apart from that they were idiots when we played them at their place and got beat three two in the last minute. And Alex Neil first came to my attention really as a delusional character when we beat them six two last season at our place, and it was a it was. I don't think Newcastle were four goals better. Than, than Norwich on the day but at the end of the day you concede six goals in a match six <laughs> your prop's going to get beat like in fact you are going to get beat and Alex Neal came out and was like um, there was nothing between the two sides and it's like alright Alex you, you, you conceded six but we scored two we hit the post twice right that you would have scored four if they'd gone in you conceded six <laughs> like I was just like fair enough it, just, it might be one of those things where you, you know you come out and you you know, you're trying to take the pressure off the players. They've had a defensive nightmare and all this kind of stuff. And you think, oh, well, you know, it's just one of those things, blah, blah, blah. Then, later on in the season, and I have to confess, I don't listen to Alex Neal's post-match press conferences on, on loop, but later on in the season, he, um, he, went on, he went public with the idea that Norwich City had been unfairly targeted by referees. Like... I don't know if he got a ban for it, but he should have. But it was just a ridiculous thing to say. And it was like he wasn't. Uh, he was like holding a press conference about it, saying, "I've spoken to the chief of the referees, and we just get no off refs ever, and all this kind of stuff." And like, well, like, no, you don't. Everyone at the bottom of the league says that that's absolute garbage. Fast forward to um, when they did us three two at Norwich with a handball goal in the ninety third minute. We were there, Bolland. Um, we saw the ha- we saw the handball from the away end, hundred yards away. Mike Dean didn't see it with no one in front of him, two yards away or something. Um, and he, he he has the you know he comes out after the game and he goes, "Well, yeah, that's football. It happens." And I was just like, "Hang on a minute!" Like, like it's just one of those music. If that had happened to you, Alex Neil, if that had happened to you, you'd have been like, you'd have been at the high court, you'd have been telling everyone how disgraceful it was. It was all referees' fault, all this kind of stuff, blah blah. Basically, just another young British manager. All you know, never your fault. Nothing is ever Alex Neal's fault, and he's he's delusional. Like I, I saw, I, I listened to him interviewed after the game that got beat three 0 at Birmingham, and he was like, um, as usual, Patter. There wasn't much between the teams. We defended badly, but people are just going to look at the scoreline. It's not a fair reflection of the game. And I'll come on to um, our four three game afterwards. But he got beat by Brighton five 0 at the weekend. And what was it? What did you say? <laughs> People are only going to look at the scoreline. Like, mate, you got beat five nil. Like across across those three games, 
you've conceded 14 goals. And I know the three games don't have a lot to do with each other. You've conceded 14 goals and scored two. And you're tell, you're trying to tell the like the world's media and your fans that in all of in all of those occasions that it was the referee and defensive lapses, but which which should have been evened out because you've deserved something from those games. Like it just winds us up how people. It's like McLaren, isn't it? McLaren standing in front of the cameras last year, just like it's going to get better. You'll see, and everyone's like, "Well, well, no, not Steve. Like you kind of just keep, you kind of just say say things <laughs> without backing them up." Like I know we're supposed to live in the post fact age, but we're living, we're certainly living a post fact age with these managers. Then you've got St James's this season. When when I know you weren't there, Bolland, but but Norwich were rubbish. We battered them first half. We should have been four or five and up at half time, but we weren't. And that's our fault for wasteful finishing um, and the crossbar on that. And then they got a pen. They got a they hit one on the counter twice with a great goal and a massive deflected goal, um, and that's it. That was it for the night. Three shots. That was it for the night. Now, fair enough. I could understand that he was upset by um, you know conceding two goals in the ninety fifth and ninety sixth minute. You, yeah, he's got a right to be upset, but but to come out and bl- like to blame the referee for for and he actually said the referees have got some kind of new system going where they add on extra time when Norwich are playing, and it's just like. Mate, how can you how can you even like go into the dressing room and fix things if you're so willing to blame everybody else for your own failures? The referee was perfectly entitled. I think I made the point in the special, um, which basically this rant is my special contribution this week as well. Everyone can look forward to that <laughs> in word form. Um, the referee could have added on more time. There was five was there five goals or something in the second half. Was a two in the, five goals. Five subs, numerous stoppages and head injuries, and time wasting. The you know six minutes was was perfectly reasonable. And Alex Neal after the game, he's like, "Yeah, we didn't defend the box well." He didn't say, "Well, actually, if you look at the overall, considering he's so obsessed with the balance of play, um, you know, which he, you know is always saying that. Well, we got beat five 0 but people only look at the score. It was an even game. Like, well, considering he's so obsessed, he he wasn't interested in the balance of play there, was he? When we absolutely battered them and had numerous chances to score. Um, to come out and blame the referee, I just think it's no surprise. There's only so long you can lie to your to yourself and your players and your and your fans before before people wake up and smell the coffee. This is true Facebook podcast, and that was my Alex Neil rant. <laughs> yeah, well, I think you called it earlier in the season, didn't you? When they were top five, that they were doing quite well, but it turns out once they've actually started playing some of the better teams in the league, they've come properly unstuck uh, just against us and against Brighton. Um, yeah, it's it's nice, isn't it? Because there was punters at the start of the season who were back in Norwich to to be well ahead of us after we had a shaky start. Like, rap, rap. Did you see Gary Monk? Gary Monk last week saying he thinks Norwich against still Norwich is still going to win the league. Did he? Oh, right, don't get me started on Gary Monk. I've just given you the Alex. <laughs> <laughs> the one on Gary Monk's even worse. I hate Gary Monk so much. He's such a he's such a he's such a fool, but. Right, that's enough Norwich Potter. We'll be back soon with the Cardiff fan. So we're joined on the line by uh, Jonathan Cardiff City fan, who's going to be uh, at the match this weekend in Newcastle. Jo- uh, Jonathan, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, no problem. And like we do most weeks, we're going to get Jonathan's thoughts on the game coming up uh, and, and ask him a few other questions. So I may as well... Jump straight in, Jonathan. Uh, can you tell the the listeners a little bit about how Cardiff's uh, season has gone to date and why? Um, 
Uh, it's been a bit of a dreadful start, to be honest. I mean, we're not where we want to be. We want to be up towards the top, of course. But uh, we, we've tried a new manager at the start of the season, Paul Trollope. Didn't really work out. He, he tried his best, but he just wasn't. He didn't have the players, and, and that was it. And that was, But now we're um, we're looking up now. We're hopeful. We're hopeful of a mid-table finish, I would thought, because... Neil Warnock has just got us organised and he'll do what he does at most clubs, he'll keep us up and he'll get us organised, we're a bit of a dirty side now, like, <laughs> but we don't care as long as we as long as we get the points to stay up, we don't really care anymore, it's gone past the point of caring on that on that thing, like, you know. Yeah, so what, what do you think was wrong with Trollope, because obviously Warnock's got, I know he's made a couple of signings, but he's got much, pretty much the same squad of players to work with and the, yeah. the improvement's been immediate, do you think it was a, maybe a job too big for Trollope? Yeah, it was a lack of experience. I mean, he's only managed Bristol Rovers. I think he's probably a very good coach. Um, he's probably a, a good, decent coach because he came in, he did well. He was assistant manager with Wales at the Euros. All right. Um, and he was assistant manager behind Trollope, uh, behind Russell Slade towards the end of last season. And we were hoping with the momentum coming off the Euros, you know, we thought we got a couple of the Welsh boys in as well. We thought we could do do something this season, but it never really happened for him. I think we lost four of our first five games at home. We scored, we won one, we beat Blackburn 2-1, and that was the only time we scored, <laughs> and they were two own goals as well. <laughs> so it was, it was a pretty disastrous start for us at home, and nothing really got going away either. We beat Rotherham, but that was about it, and, and then we were, all of a sudden we were in a relegation battle, you know? Yeah, so... I mean, you just talked about mid-table there being the aim this season under Warnock. Does does that represent a successful season now? And uh, obviously, there's so many clubs in the championship who are there's a lot there's of so many there's so many good clubs in the yeah. championship. It's, it's hard to get out of. We've been we've been fighting for years, and we finally got out of it, and we went straight back down. Aye, um, we got a bit of a nutter owner. And I'm sure you boys know how how owners can be up there, like you know. Yeah, but, um, so I mean, like, try. Sorry, what what, what did like is did do you, so is that is promotion still very much maybe not? Oh, yeah, well, I mean, is that the aim? Is it is that where Cardiff City think right? We can be a Premier League club. Oh, we could be a Premier League club. There's no doubt in my mind. We've got the we've got the stadium, we've got the fan base, we've got the training ground, we've got everything in place to be a Premier League club. We just haven't got the squad or the players that can do it at the moment. But we hope with a bit of investment, maybe, or bit of good coaching they can I'm not sure Neil Warnock is the is the man to take us up but I, I know he'll keep us up so that's the, that's the main thing at the moment What's the relationship like with the owner at the minute because obviously things were pretty sour when you went uh, went out of the Premier League and obviously you changed the kit to red and yeah, all I, that sort of thing but uh, you don't hear as much in the press now I guess partly because being yeah, in the they're not in the limelight like anymore are they so yeah, um, it's getting moving on it's getting slightly better, but I almost feel like until until he had Neil Warnock, he was making decisions where everything was the cheap option for him. Um, he was appointing managers. Russell Slade was brought in on the cheap and did a fantastic job, really. Nearly got us into the playoffs last season. But everything was... Oh, they were selling all the good players off on the big money. Um, it felt like he said... It, felt, it almost felt like he did... He said, you can have your blue back. But you can't. You won't have a good team. <laughs> as soon as he, as soon as he switches back to blue, he he hasn't. I think he's been to one game in about three seasons. I know it's tough to get over from Malaysia, but when we were doing well, he was there every week. 
No, and that's so a been... that's a good point. Like it's it's kind of the same with Ashley now, but not the same. Ashley used to like drink in the start. He used to have pints in the concourse with yeah, I remember with, that. with, with fans. That if you're gonna buy a football club, it like being there matters. If you're in charge of something, to, you it have does, to yeah. you have to publicly show an interest. But on the flip side. Basically, Rafa, um, Mike Ashley's handed over Newcastle United to Rafa Benitez from top to bottom. Um, yeah. So it's almost like Ashley's almost like absentee, but we don't mind as much these days. But I, I didn't know that about Tan, and I just it's so demoralising here. You got you got the colours, but I mean, if, if imagine if the I know, I know it might not be the same, but imagine if they changed Newcastle's trip to red to red and white, no one would go. Everyone would sack it off. Um, and yeah. From, from to give you it back, but also but, but be like, well, you can have it back, but if I don't get my way, I'm just gonna. Dry up the fund, and that's got. To, that's not the best. Like that, that's pretty poor from him. Yeah, and to be fair, Neil Warner was wouldn't have been cheap. They wouldn't have got him cheap. Yeah. But I think he was in a position where if he wants to sell the club, he's got to make us some sort of some sort of. It's got to be marketable, isn't it? Yeah. So if he wants to sell the club, he's got to keep us in the championship. But he was sort of realised that and and got him in, and we signed a good, a few good Bosmans. Like you know, we had um, Sol Bamba, who's been fantastic. I mean, he can't. He can't distribute the ball, but he's a great defender. Yeah. And uh, you know, uh, at this level, that's all you really need, like you know. Yeah. Um, Junior Hoyler has been fantastic as well. But he's brought a couple of players, decent players in, who won't be. I doubt they'll be on cheap wages either, like you know. Yeah. I think part of the reasons they haven't got clubs was because they were demanded too much in the wages. Yeah. Aye, that, that's interesting, and I think I was speaking to you through Twitter. Um, my next questions would be: What was your preconception of Newcastle as a football club, a city, and a fan base? But you have been here before, haven't you? I've been. I went. I've been there once before. Um, it was a few years ago. We got thumped five-one on a Friday night. I climbed the steps, and by the time I climbed all the way up to the top, we were two 0 down. So <laughs> it wasn't a great night for me. Yeah, I remember the Cardiff brought a good following that night. I think that. So I think you sold out the the away end. Yeah, I mean it was our first trip to Newcastle in a while, and. So it's a big pull in Newcastle, isn't it? I mean, the, the, the club in the championship which attracts fifty thousand fans a week. It, it almost sounds crazy, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, we we can only dream of the numbers that you get pull in up there, like you know. Yeah, and um, I don't know how 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 many are you bringing this weekend? Do you know? Um, I hear there was about fifteen hundred, sixteen hundred sold as the yesterday. Right. And they had they they got another fifteen hundred tickets available, like you know. Oh yeah. Um, a lot of people, it's disappointing really but with the position we're in I, I'm not surprised to be honest yeah but it'll be it'll probably be one of the biggest away attendances of the season oh, yeah. um, you know it always will be like when you come down here I'm sure we'll we'll sell more than we would for a normal game because it's Newcastle yeah you know what I mean it's not it's a big pull in the championship it's not Barnsley it's not <laughs> Rotherham it's not Preston it's Newcastle do you know what I mean that'll, that'll annoy Preston fans because Preston fans don't really like us <laughs> After doing them twice last week, they've got this massive bee in their yeah. bonnet about parachute payments or something. But um, so, did, like, did you get to spend much time? I know you're here for the weekend. Did you get to spend much time in the city? Did you did you, did you like the ground, the city? What did you think of it? Ah, oh, it's a fantastic city, isn't it? I mean, it's a football it's hard, and that's what we love. Like, you know, no. it was plenty. Play was it was great. I met some of the Newcastle fans, and they were all fantastic. It was. I really enjoyed my time up there. Like, you know, I look forward to coming again. Ah, oh, champion. Um, so how how do you see it going on Saturday? Uh, I mean, I almost look when Newcastle come down to this division, you know they're going to win the league, you know they're going to get like 90, 95, 100 points, whatever they're going to get. 
you've got to take these games and think, well, scratch them off, and anything you do get is a bonus, like, you know? Yeah. I would love to tell you we're going to come up there and thump you boys, but we're not. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like like we we if you listen to the podcast after the show, we've just been saying, or maybe I didn't say, um, any time Newcastle have conceded a goal this season, first we've gone on to lose. So if you get the first goal, you never know. But Ipswich and Brentford recently turned up and just didn't even like compete. It was like it was like yeah. they they didn't want to lose by too many, so they just thought we'll just keep it nice and tight when it was yeah. a two or three 0 defeat. Do you yeah, think no you point th- you going up there with that attitude? Might as well have a go in it. Might as well lose six 0 and go down one nil and not try. Like, you know? do you think that's what Warnock will do? Do you think Warnock will come and set them up to have a go? Uh, I'd like to hope so. Whether he will or not, his it, it, his ultimate thing is he's he gets them organised and defending. So yeah. I would have thought he'll he'll play on the counter up there. I would have thought set up, organised. We got some quick players going forward, apart from Ricky Lambert. <laughs> but uh, but apart from that, yeah, we got some quick wingers. So just thought just. Keep in it, you know, keep in it until half-time. Something like that, you know. Yeah. And just keep going. See if we can get anything. I, I mean, it's just more of a weekend away more than anything. You're not really concerned about the football. <laughs> oh, <he's> concerned <laughs> about concerned about the other results. Concerned I'd rather them get on Wigan and yeah. Boston. Teams are there. It's depressing, but it's, it's our situation at the moment. Yeah, well, it was always last season. Uh, so we know how it feels. Um but uh, yeah, so what, go on then. I think you've just said you think Newcastle finishes champions. But where where do you see Cardiff finishing this season? Um, I would like to think mid table. Yeah. Um, a lot of people think say say we might be able to push on for a playoff, but I think that's very unrealistic. Um, right. We'd have to do. I know teams have done it in the past. Come from this position to the playoffs. I think QPR did it a few seasons ago. Um, Reading, I believe, did it as well. They they were right down there. Uh, but I can't see it. I, I think you'll get us organised. We'll start winning our home games. Um, pick up a few points on the win. I think we'll finish 12th, 13th, mid-table, somewhere there, somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah, that sounds yeah. that sounds much better than uh, than it looked before one came on anyway. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Bolland, have you got any questions for for Jonathan? No, I think yeah, you've been pretty comprehensive. It's been uh, it's been great to have you on, and we hope you have a a good weekend um, up at up at Newcastle. And you know, hope you wish you well for the rest of the season, but just after Saturday. Not Saturday, yeah, just not Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> all right, no worries. Nice one, guys. Thanks. Oh, for all right, th- thanks for coming on, mate. Cheers. All right, cheers. Dan. Bye, bye. So that was Jonathan there. Uh, Cardiff City fan um, Collins I think he's pretty realistic yeah he sounds much more sensible than the other Cardiff City fan you described yeah well he, 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 kind, he kind of just alluded to it there um, you know there are Cardiff fans thinking playoffs but, but just just no <laughs> um, well, like, I suppose people have got some dream coming like you said the teams have done it in the past so it's not totally inconceivable but as he also said it's very very unrealistic I don't know and I haven't checked but I'd imagine the teams that have done it in the past have achieved a low points total to get in the playoffs I know I know, I know, know it's been as low as 63 I think on occasion but normally it's between the 70 and 75 point mark um, to get 6 yeah. but I think with Norwich um, Brighton Oz um, who else you know Birmingham Bristol I think that's a pretty strong you know strong set of teams Villa even maybe um, 
you know, you're, they're going to do well to get playoffs. But we'll see, may enough to come up this weekend and turn it over. Uh, it would be a great springboard for them. Uh, I think, Bolland, that just about, just about does it, unless, unless we've missed out. No, I don't think we've missed anything. Excellent. Well, thank you for listening, good people um, of Newcastle supporting mind. Um, catch us at the usual places. We'll be, Bolland, you're, you're committing now to post match podcast Saturday after Legends will, Day. I'll, I will be, I will be, I will be. Right, well, you'll get to hear me, Bolland, and probably Sai, maybe Ben. Uh, speaking to you after the match on Saturday where hopefully we'll be reporting on another successful three points. Uh, Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.